1: show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The things we find out when we're doing this show are just remarkable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show, that's Big O. Right now through September 6th, save up to $150 off Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires Anniversary Sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're hoping to talk to Jake Hatch coming up here momentarily, not only the producer of the DJ and PK show, but also co-host of the well, I guess host of the Locked On Cougars podcast, co-host of the Locked On Utes podcast. Anyway, Hatch is all about college football.
2: I got a question for you. Um, is big hair back in style with kids? I have no idea. Look at the picture in the little. In this. Is this the Little League World I, Series?
1: Can we is? change this? I, I I can't stand the Little League World Series. I, see, I hate the whole, whole concepts around But I know some guys,
2: uh, 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 some good friends of mine who have young kids, and they have the big, long hair. And they, it looks good. I mean, but is that a thing now? Kind of like it was back in the 60s?
1: I think long hair is in for young people all of the time. Is it? I, I don't. Know. I mean, haven't everybody gone through their long hair stage since the 60s? Hasn't that uh, always been a thing? I went through that stage in the 60s and
2: the 70s, but uh, then it went away.
1: So Hatches is, is not. Uh, is, okay, Hatches. Hatches on his way. Ah, so I see. Okay. We were worried Hatch was standing us up. He's not. We'll talk to him coming up here soon. Oh. oh. he's here via Zoom nonetheless. Uh Hatch, what's up, buddy? Uh Hatch, you there? Jacob Hatch. Um He's on mute. Stop it. Stop it. Unmute yourself, dude.
2: Hatch. Yeah, he's got me now. Yes, Hatch,
1: host of the Locked On Cougars and Locked On Youths podcast and producer of DJ and PK in the mornings. What's up, Hatch? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. We Uh, hear you're busy, Jake. (laughs) Trying to keep busy. Let's put it that way. Having young children, buddy, Yeah, never a free moment. We got you. We appreciate you joining us, and and we know you've been all over uh, both BYU and Utah camps, and that's why we wanted to have you on. Let's uh, let's start with the uh, well. Let's start with the Cougs. Give us kind of the overall vibe of camp, Hatch. What's what have things been like down there?
0: The biggest thing with BYU is there's a lot of guys who want to go out and show that hey, 2020 wasn't a fluke. I, I think we all know. We've talked to probably enough people. Uh, both here in Utah, I've seen enough people, I guess, in the media at large who are trying to pass off that 2020 was more of an exception for BYU and they can't follow that up. And I think that these players, the coaching staff, et cetera, down there in Provo, they want nothing more than to go out and prove that, no, we can do what we did in 2020, maybe not go 11-1 and one against the type of schedule they'll face this year, but they still feel like they can have a successful season and be a team that people are going to want to talk about.
2: You know, that's so interesting that you said that, Jake, because yesterday I wrote a column that hasn't been posted yet at SL Trib on that subject exactly. We had uh, D'Angelo uh, Mandel on our show yesterday, and I asked him the question. And he said, Oh, no, no, no. Last year is last year. This year is this year. We're not even
1: thinking about that. But you know they are. Uh, I took him at his word myself. <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> look at you saying he's not being uh, being straight with oh, us. Well, I I agree with what Jake just said. You no, know, are both wrong. I, oh, okay,
2: whatever. <laughs> so what, what? Where do you put the the percentages on the on the uh, Cougars' chances to to prove people that uh, the program is full of talent now and uh, can move forward?
0: I think the biggest thing, Gordon, is you kind of have to have where you think that success, quote unquote, counts. Like, could could BYU, in theory, go eight and four this year against a schedule that has the seven power five opponents that they have, and maybe be as good as they were a year ago when they didn't face a single power five team? I think there are people who would say those two are equivalent. Other people would not say that. Other people would say that to win double digit games to match what they did in 2020. So I really do think that the success uh, or what you think will be a good follow-up, or something that proves that BYU has turned a corner, it's all kind of in the eye of whoever you're asking about what that success level has to be.
1: I see they lost a lot, Hatch. I don't think it's fair to compare this team to to last year's team. They had the the number 2 pick in the draft. They had one of the best tackles in the entire country. I mean, they had all these great players that they lost. I just don't think it's fair. That's my side of it anyway.
0: Well, and I, I get that because they lost 12 players overall who went to the NFL. Five of them were draft picks. The other guys uh, got free agent deals and the like, and they're currently trying to live out their dreams at the next level. And that's it's a lot of guys. That's it's uh, so. I understand where you're coming from, Jake. The thing is, though, I just think that there are people out there who, based on what BYU did in 2020, for better or for worse, how they do in 2021 is going to be a referendum to either justify thoughts on how 2020 went, or going to make people who are, I guess, quote unquote haters, they justify their 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 doubts, their their non-belief in BYU.
2: Obviously, a lot of people look at the quarterback situation and, and uh, like we were talking about earlier, you lose Zach Wilson and, and you think everything is going to uh, sort of uh, crumble from there. If not crumble, at least uh, downgrade. Okay, so which of these guys, Jake, is impressing the most? You're very plugged in down there in Provo. Uh, we hear what A-Rod says about everyone has a chance and we'll see how it goes and we don't know and all that stuff. Who, who do you think it's going to be and why? I've,
0: I've said for a few months now, I believe it's Jaron Hall. I, I just think that the skill set he offers, uh, what he can do on the field, both in the throw and uh, run game, I think that he is going to win the job, but I do believe this has truly been an actual competition. I think that they're giving Baylor Romney and Jacob Kahn over every opportunity to go out and prove that they are the guy. So I didn't I don't think that it's Jaron Hall's and they're just putting this on it's like a dog and pony show. No, I think this has legitimately been a competition, but I just think that the overall skill set that Hull has is gonna win out in the end. But he does come with a major risk with regards to his health the concussion issues we know about from two years ago when he actually did play in games. If he can't stay healthy, well, whoever ends up as the number two guy better be ready and better be anticipating they will be playing at a point this season.
2: But Jake always says that he would go with the quarterback who can what do you the way you say it, Jake, sling
0: sling it. it. Give me the QB sling so, it. so which one of those guys can sling it the best, Jake? So the thing what I've been told is that if you were to go by arm strength guys who as you say can sling it the narrow edge, based on somebody I trust, who's usually pretty good on being able to tell guys, they say the narrow edge and arm strength would go to Jacob Conover in their mind. It'd be like a 1A to a 1B with Conover beating out Jaron Hall by a narrow margin and then Baylor Romney coming in uh, third in that race. They say it's it's almost uh, negligible in terms of the difference between Hall and Conover. But one thing that Jacob Conover does have going for him is he has some of that swagger, some of that self-belief that a guy like Zach Wilson absolutely had, that in some cases people think you may be cocky, but in other cases it actually is just the thing that happens to put you over the top.
2: I agree with you because I've seen both those guys throw the ball, and I think Conover did impress me the most with the way the ball came out.
0: He can absolutely, as you said, sling it. He he is a true quarterback who's got a big arm. He won, I think it was three straight yes, three straight state titles in Arizona down there at Chandler High. They're the big dog when it comes to prep football down there. So very, very good player. And as I said, he, he's just got kind of that, that innate self-belief in himself that, like I said, there are people who look at it and say, okay, that kid's a little too full of himself. And there's other people who say, no, that's just him. It's just he truly believes in his ability
1: so who's going to be slinging it for the Utes Hatch
0: I think it's Charlie Brewer. Uh, I, I think that Charlie Brewer was brought here to be the guy this year, and obviously the reason they did it is because they didn't know the status of what Cam Rising was going to be. It sounds like Cam Rising is coming back. He, According to Kyle Whittingham on day one of fall camp, he said yeah, I, he's 100%. I didn't notice any lack of arm strength. So I think Cam Rising is going to give Charlie Brewer a run for his money, but I don't think you bring Brewer in without promising him the job.
2: So I think BYU is going to be better than what people think uh, the Cougars are going to be. And I think the Utes have a real shot to win the South. What are the, uh, the, 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 what's the major force in your mind that would substantiate my conclusions? Ooh,
0: okay, with regards to Utah, I think the biggest thing they have going for them is they have a proven commodity at head coach. And Kyle Whittingham, you guys know this as well as anybody, he's, he's steady. The, you know you know what you're getting with Utah there was the recently athlon sports did with their uh, coaches anonymous where his coaches sounded off on opposing teams under the under anonymity and one of them mentioned in there i don't remember the exact phrasing but Essentially, when you go up against Utah, you're going into a street fight, and you better be ready for it. Your guys better be ready for it because they will absolutely, speaking of the Utes, just beat you up. They said they're, they're like Stanford, but they're better than Stanford right now. You think it's one of the Stanford teams, the guys like Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw had earlier on in his tenure. They think that Utah's a better team than that. So there's a lot of respect for this team, and I, I think for good reason. They brought a lot of guys back, guys like Devin Lloyd, Nick Ford. Uh, They've mentioned that they came back because they wanted to pursue being that first Utah team to win a Pac-12 South Division title and just a Pac-12 championship overall. Uh, I'm not counting them out. I, I really think they have a great opportunity.
1: Jake Hatch is with us, host of uh, the Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars podcast here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hatch, uh, who do you like in the South? Do you think, in in your mind, the, the Utes should be the favorite? Or how would you have picked that if you had a vote?
0: Well, if I were voting, I probably would have voted for Utah, yes. I would have voted them the favorite. But I also understand that we are talking about the USC Trojans. When USC is good, it seems like... Uh, when in doubt, give the tie to USC. They've got the name brand. They're just the big dogs out there in Southern California. And I get why they picked the Trojans over the Utes. I was surprised by the margin, though. I think it was 27 first-place votes to six first-place votes. Utah tied with Arizona State. Uh, The Sun Devils, to me, ever since the story came out, the allegations of the recruiting issues – I've just not been a believer that Arizona State was going to overcome those and be able to focus on the task at hand. So if I were to have handicapped it and I were to have a vote, I would have picked Utah as my favorite. But I also get we are talking about USC and they are the class of the Pac-12. All
2: right. So I. Uh, w- w- Evaluate Kalani Satake for me, will you, Jake? Where do you think he is in that progression? You were talking about Kyle Whittingham. How about Kalani? Where is he as a coach now versus where he was when he first took over?
0: I think the biggest thing he's got now is he enters year six of his tenure is he's just got a little more perspective. He came to BYU, a guy who grew up a fan of this program. We're talking just a diehard hard played at the school he grew up rooting for and now had an opportunity to, to coach the school you, he was rooting for. And he had some falters early, obviously. A 2017 season, uh, not great. Plain and simple. You won 4-9. The offense was absolutely putrid. It forces out uh, Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator. But Kalani Sitake, and there was a BYU administrator, the day that they hired Jeff Grimes. I happened to be in attendance at that press conference as well as DJ and PK. And as we were walking out of that press conference, a BYU administrator, who I won't name, walked up to PK and made it explicitly clear, this is Kalani's hire, speaking of Jeff Grimes. And trying to get across the message, I think, that whether this goes good or bad, this is all on Kalani. And he made a great hire by all accounts because Jeff Grimes, in the three years he was in Provo, really revolutionized BYU's offense, got them to the 11-1 record last year, and... I feel like the thing about the Cougars is under Kalani is that early on, there was some discipline lacking inside the program. Uh, Kalani felt like more of a friend, maybe more than a coach at points. I think he has learned how to kind of strike that delicate balance where you care about your players. They know you care about them, but at the same time, they don't feel comfortable enough to cross you that I think maybe was the case earlier
2: on. Can I follow that up real quick with this uh, why is Kalani okay? Why are BYU's recruiting classes not as highly rated as, as you might expect since people thought Kalani would be such a, a great closer?
0: I think that he came to BYU with the thought that he was going to have more highly rated classes. And I think he got here and realized that the combination of uh, more stringent academics, the honor code obviously is an impediment in certain cases for guys wanting to go to school there. And I think just the overall prestige of BYU was not at a point where I think Kalani expected it might resonate or might be when it came to the recruiting trail. I think that he is focused and realized that he needs to focus more on finding those quote unquote diamonds in the rough and go about uh, trying to buff them and polish them into the three and four star talents that can help him win games where they're a two or three star talent in terms of the recruiting service, the star rankings. Is BYU ever going to be a hotbed where they're bringing in classes that are majority of guys with four stars? I don't think so until at least until they get into the power five and who knows if that's ever going to happen at this point. But I do think that his emphasis on player development, uh, bringing in guys who they have measurables or they have a certain skill that you, you crave and you think, okay, I can get that out of this guy and make him a serviceable player that can help me win. I actually think that's been a pretty admirable quality. The hope is at some point you start to translate a few more of those guys who you've developed into more ready-made talents in terms of a three or a four-star guy who doesn't need as much development. Will they ever turn that corner? Hard to say, but you have to be hard pressed to argue with the results so far.
1: Hatch, thanks for jumping on with us, buddy. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me guys. Jacob Hatch, our friend, uh, you may know him as Yawk. He produces in the morning. DJ and PK does a great job there, but also hosts uh, Locked on Cougars and is a co-host there for Locked on Utes as well. Indeed. Hatch a hustler. He's doing a great job uh, covering uh, camp for the whole station. Very plugged in, uh, Jake is. He, he pretty much knows what he's
2: talking about, so I would give uh, credence to what he says.
1: Mm, no? On some stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Not- I don't
1: agree with his take on on. This, this year being connected to last year. Oh. oh.
2: Well, he didn't really say it was connected. He just said that there were people who wanted to prove that the program is legitimate. I think that's true. I, I agree with what you say. It is a different team. But uh, there there is that perception
1: issue that uh, will not go away. Well, I wouldn't worry about it if I were down there. I would. Why?
2: Because everybody wants to prove that their program is something special, sure, but that do that independently of last year, uh yeah, but it was such a weird situation uh, I think there is some there are players down there who want to want to prove that it was no fluke to use Jake's words.